Doctrine and Devotion is sponsored by the most innovative audio Bible app available, Dwell. Dwell is like the Spotify of Scripture because of how easy they've made it to explore the whole catalog of Scripture. Stay tuned for more details or head over to dwellapp.io. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Happy Monday to you. Ha- and happy Monday to you. Of course, it's not Monday when we're recording, but nope. it drops on a Monday, so we yeah. gotta, you know, got to play the game, play the rules. It's October. Mm. Halloween. Halloween. Is, is that what's... I know how much you love Halloween. I do love Halloween very much. It's a fun, it's a fun holiday. We've covered that in the past. So if you all are getting uh, triggered, uh, just Google search, search in our website, Halloween. You can find our yeah. thoughts on that. Now, is it an emotional holiday for you? Well, it's fun, you know. I mean, I get excited about it. You know, the kids have a good time, get to dress up and uh, all of that. Jen, it's the one holiday Jen doesn't really decorate for. She decorates for fall, but not for Halloween. So the one holiday that you actually enjoy, she I, I doesn't enjoy holidays. Yeah. No, you Just don't. Celebrate. I enjoy, uh, what are you talking about? No, you don't. I like you Christmas. Don't. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You, I love Christmas. You don't, you don't like I love, I start listening to Christmas music November but I, but, first. But Halloween though, that's when your emotions start to get on display. I'm, I'm no seeing idea. your eyes are a bit red oh, and puffy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like mm-hmm. uh, seems like you've been a bit all right, a bit more. I, I didn't. Is, is there pollen in the air? Is that yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Allergies are acting up. All right. So what Jimmy is very um, insensitively referring to what, what, what is the death of my mother. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's having a, such a good time with this because uh, while we're all very happy for my mom, it is a sad time and I'm not the kind of guy that hmm. gets super sad or I'm not very emotional, but wait, so it's your mom it, this week. I'm just saying it could be, you know, it's been a little, I really thought it was Halloween. No, I've no, never seen you show Stop any it. emotions. Stop it. I show than, emotions. Other than anger yeah, and that's annoyance. A good one. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the only the, two you have. Those are my two best friends. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just been, it's been, it's weird because I'm so happy for my mom. I know that she is, you know, with the Lord. It's, uh, and that's such a liberation for her because these last years have been really rough for her. So, but I've, yeah, this week in particular, I've noticed, um, last few days in particular, That uh, my nose tingles sometimes, oh, Jimmy. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like, but it'll start. I'll, I'll have a thought, yeah. and my nose will start tingling. I'm like, what's oh, that? I don't, don't <laughs> yeah, like this that. Is, this is something new. I don't like that thought. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> so yes, yeah. I, I'm going. Huh. This is the way that I, my grief patterns are a little bit different. So you know, it's sort of like when artificial intelligence starts to gain, like maybe like authentic consciousness. consciousness. Yeah, it's sort of like that. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I'm feeling a little bit more this week. Oh, so I'm sad, you know. But mm. it's it's not so much even sad. It's just it's I don't know what it is. But it's an emotion of some sort that yeah, I'm not pretty super familiar with. It's, it's, all, it's only taking you 73 years to get it, okay. and now you finally well, first have of all, it. My mom was 73. I am 47. So I'm not uh, 73. Yeah, 147. So. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're a terrible person, and this what? is why people like me more than the fofo. What you gonna cry, bro? <laughs> not on air. <laughs> not on air. Not in front of anybody. Oh man, I'm gonna get you to cry. I'm gonna. You, I'm know, gonna you know what? You know what though? You know how I know my emotions are like all messed up right now, like not normal. So I was watching a show. What show? About a di- it doesn't matter, but okay. it's about a dystopic future. Okay. Yeah. Involves handmaids and whatnot. I don't oh, know. Okay, okay, anyway, yeah. there's probably like a tale about them. There's a there's a tale of some that, sort that okay. about the handmaids. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Okay. See, I thought that thing was like Downton Abbey. 
Oh, is that? And you so, thought you were watching? No, no. That's you the thought you were making down, you are watching Down Abbey? I was, I was never going to watch it because I'm not down with Down Abbey. But then somebody goes, no, man, it's about a dystopic future and there's all this corruption and these people trying to escape. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll watch that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so now, yeah, how, how, this, 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 uh, this week, that, that show so you, got me you, going. Yeah, when did you start watching the show? Like you started watching it like years ago? I don't know. No, recently. like for real. Recently, you know, recently. Well, how recent? A- after after my mom died. <gasps> okay, so that's different. <laughs> okay, I thought maybe you've like, you've already been seeing it, having no. no emotions. Now all of a sudden you're coming to realize that's someone's daughter. Yeah, that, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's somebody's mother. Yeah, so like there are just, uh, there's, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some moments in there that. Uh, See, I don't watch that kind of stuff, so I don't know. I know, you, you watch like. Step up, uh, no, no, masked singer, yeah, masked singer, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's fantastic! I love that show. Yeah, I, I probably should watch that because no, I, that would just make me thing, angry. Though. Well, no, you'll probably cry as well. No. It is, it is hard. So I don't cry, but no. uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you might get tingling yeah. in your I nose. Get my, my nose tingles. Your nose tingles. Yeah. The, the allergies that are mm-hmm. happening. Yes, I do see a little bit of. Is, your eyes are got a little tingle to them. No, thick. Joey. There's no, first of all, you can't see a There's tingle. There's a little twinkle. You There's can a twinkle. Feel, There's, you can feel. There's a twinkle, There's a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, I'm just happy that we're fine. Well, I was, that we were hanging out. No, not so much. <laughs> I'm just saying they look a little glossy, glassy. Glossy, yeah. Just maybe little, it's my medical marijuana. You maybe, know? maybe that it's, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I am not on medical marijuana, so in case anybody's freaking out. But you know what, though? According to the 1689, which is looking at scripture, there's a bit of freedom, some liberty. There's, you know, it, it, there's, there's liberty not from affliction you know but from the evil of afflictions it says that kind of a thing it says that kind of thing so. in uh, chapter 21 on christian liberty and liberty of conscience we've been we this is a good one we've been waiting to get to this we've been this is uh this has been our jam this is our sweet spot so uh joe do you want to read we're in chapter 20 uh paragraph one do you want to read the whole thing yeah if i break down in the middle just go ahead and take over for all me. right go ahead the liberty which Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel. Oh, Joe, relax, buddy. I'm so right. sorry. I, I'm fine. You're the one okay. being weird. The liberty which Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel consists in their freedom from the guilt of sin, the condemning wrath of God, the severity and curse of the law, and in their being delivered from this present evil world, bondage to Satan and dominion of sin, from the evil of afflictions, the fear and sting of death, the victory of the grave and everlasting damnation, as also in their free access to God and their yielding obedience unto him, not out of slavish fear, but a childlike love and willing mind. All which were common also to believers under the law for the substance of them, but under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further enlarged in their freedom from the yoke of a ceremonial law to which the Jewish church was subjected, and in greater boldness of access to the throne of grace, and in fuller communications of the free spirit of God than believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. Mm. There's a lot there. There's tons there. Now we're gonna we're gonna touch on most of it. Some of it we're just gonna just kind of summarize for you, but but this is an important chapter, especially today. It's every chapter is important, but this chapter is important because of uh, well the the abuse of Christian liberty, the, yeah. the binding of Christians' consciences that we see happening. And so today, in paragraph one, though, we're just dealing with this foundational truth that our spiritual freedom is something that Jesus has purchased for us. You know, it's it's not. It's not something that uh, that we just sort of take believe up. in, yeah. take up. I mean, Jesus. I mean, Jesus talks about this, right? Um, that He gives us, He sets us free. Yeah. Um, and only the Son can set us free. So, 
we ought to take this freedom very seriously and see it as an aspect of our redemption, right? That's it. I mean, it, it, when we talk about being enslaved to sin, right, and being freed in Christ, that there's still, as well here, part of our, our, our sanctification, part of our salvation, our reconciliation to God is that Christian liberty that we now have in Christ. So we should take it seriously. We should understand it. We should honor it then. Absolutely. And um, so here we, we see, it says up front here in the confession, the liberty which Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel. So this is a gospel truth. This is a gospel benefit. Mm. This is a gospel grace. We are freed from certain things and freed unto other things, right? That's how freedom works. You're freed from something and unto something else, something better. And here, Jimmy, how many points of, of freedom from are we given here in the confession? Uh, Ten. We are freed from 10 realities that are listed out here, and we might be able to break it down into more, but we're not going yeah. to do that because we only have about 30 minutes to do this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jimmy, what's the first thing? What's the first freedom that we are granted in the gospel from Jesus? Yeah, the confession talks about we are uh, freed from the guilt of sin. Mm-hmm. Looking at Romans three twenty-two to 24, for there is no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So we're, we're free from that, that mm. guilt of sin. Uh, we all deserve the just punishment right. by our God. And yet those that have been called by God have been set apart and have been uh, justified. And then now we're not under that. We are not mm-hmm. under that, that condemnation, uh, that we justly deserve, but we receive this reconciliation that we don't deserve. And this is really important, right? No one is free from the guilt of sin because they are guiltless. Yeah. Uh, we're all guilty. That's what you said, Jimmy. And that, and that's what Paul says. Like, uh, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. So we are all actually guilty. To be set free from the guilt of sin means that Christ took our guilt upon himself, uh, removed our guilt from us, so that while we still did do those things that are bad. We still continue to do things that are wrong. We still continue to sin. The guilt or the penalty that uh, rests upon us is removed through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This Mm. is a beautiful thing. In fact, what I find is one of like people don't people when they think about like number the the second point, the condemning wrath of God. Most people that aren't associated with church religion, Christianity, they don't think much about God's wrath, but everybody feels a sense of guilt, right? Like I have done wrong. Yeah. And yeah, they and, know that they're not perfect. Yeah. Like that, that they've, that they've hurt people. And so to know that that guilt is lifted is a great grace that most people can really come to identify with as we're talking with even non-Christians about this concept. The second thing that we are set free from is the condemning wrath of God, as it says in the confession. For example, Romans 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for yeah. those who are in Christ Jesus. And here's the reality. We are not all children of God by nature. We are all God's creatures by nature. And God's love, his general benevolent love is upon us. His common grace is upon us all. But we are still under his condemnation, uh, his wrath, because of our corruptions. And the only means by which we can escape God's judgment is not through our performance, yeah. uh, not through our intentions, uh, not certainly not through any sacraments indulgences. or indulgences, <laughs> right? Like there is th- the only way we can escape the wrath of God is to believe in him who experienced the wrath of God for us. That's why Paul says there is now no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ. It, there's none left. Like God, God didn't 
get get some of his anger out on on his son and now he still has some left over there is the way that god relates to us now as those who have believed in christ are as people who are in the son and are seen as holy and just we are good and we are loved so this is really big right there i mean this is really the central problem of humanity that we are we have sinned and we are under god's uh condemnation but in christ this is one of the things that we're set free from Yep. Number three, the severity of the curse of the law. Mm. Uh, Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And so as when we think about it, why we, ta- we, we said number one, about the guilt of sin, two, the condemning wrath of God, and three, the severity of the curse of the law in the sense that we know we cannot live perfect, obedient lives to God. Yeah. Right. We know we do not follow his law perfectly. We know that, uh, we're, we're, we don't hit that standard where we're, we're called to be holy as your heavenly father is, mm-hmm. is holy or is perfect. Right, right. Right. And so we're free though from the severity of the curse of the law, this righteous law, this holy law that, that, uh, the standard that is there, uh, we're unable to meet. And Christ, though, himself has met mm-hmm. that for us and took the punishment for our disobedience. Really? So what we're saying is, is like the, the, the law serves different purposes, yeah. right? So the law uh, condemns our sin. Uh, we, are, we are found judged and wanting as it relates to the law. But once we're in Christ, the severity of the curse of the law is gone. So yep. now what re- remains for us is the law convicts us of our sin without condemning us. That's right. And the law points us to Christ as our hope, and the law shows us that there is a way to live that God delights in, and oh, then we're empowered oh, to do oh, that. Would people call that the three uses of the law? Well, you, well that, those aren't the three uses, but those are two of the three uses, yeah. Why, did you take one of them and send them twice? No, but I, I kind of unpacked it. I wasn't using the three uses, Jimmy, but uh, do you want to go ahead, since you're talking about the three uses, do you want to go ahead and list out all three uses of the law? I just don't want to make you cry because of okay. the civil use, right? Okay, you know? there's... there's uh, so what do you mean by that? You know, you know mm. what that means. Now stop so it. The, now you're not going to sit the, here the and first, come at the me first like use of the law, the first use of the, of, of the law, um, shows us our sin yep. and is intended to guide us to Christ. Yep. Second yep. use of the law, Jimmy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let you go. Oh, ahead. you're going to let me finish. Yeah, okay. Not because you don't know what it is off the top of your no, head. No, 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 just no. because you want me to go ahead. And I do want it. you because uh, I know this brings you joy. Okay, yeah, it's, it restrains evil through the threat of punishment. Yep. Yeah, yeah, to see. And then the third use of the law, Jimmy. Well, yeah, I mean, it shows us what pleases God. All right, the way to go. The rule of God living. Right. So um, the severity of the curse of the law uh, is gone. Now, there there are still consequences sometimes for disobedience, and that's why I think it says the severity of the curse of the law, because sometimes God's children, through continued sin, fall under his fatherly displeasure. We've talked about that in the confession as well. And so sometimes there is discipline or judgment, temporal, uh, remedial that comes upon us that is designed to actually Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. Yeah, just like a good dad or mom says, hey, son. You know, you did this wrong thing. You're going to have to suffer the consequences. Like my daughter, I'm, Madeline. Yeah, I'm really I'm really sorry for bringing up. You had to think about your mom there for a moment. I'm really sorry. I didn't realize that. Well, listen, that. as you know, like I'm celebrating. I'm so, yeah. my mom, my mom. Here's the thing about my mom. Let okay. me say something about my I'll mom. Get, I'll get your tissue. Go ahead. No, I don't need tissue. My mom and dad, before my mom's knees gave out and everything, my mom and dad, and I didn't know this for a long time. Here's the story. My mom was a, like the dance, right? She was... Uh, she was just a like a like she was a cool chick. Mm-hmm. She was good at dancing and all that. Well, she married my dad. Now my dad 
was a lot like me, or I'm a lot like my dad, in that he had like the greased back hair, the biker's coat, the boots, he had the whole thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, the look going, and the too cool for school kind of a yeah, kid. Yeah, I could see Jim, Jim rocking oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dad, dad. My dad was a tough guy back in the day. I'll tell you another story about him slapping a kid down the street for uh, <laughs> bothering my mom one day. Anyways, so uh, he married my mom. My mom loved to dance. Dad doesn't dance. He's like me, yeah. right? And I don't. I didn't dance at my wedding. I'm not. I'm, I'm not dancing. I don't really? Do I don't do. No, I'm not doing that. So not even with your wife. You're like nah, I don't dance. So here's the thing. But my dad yeah. is. But, but my dad is better than me because on on the down low, my dad started taking dancing lessons. That's yes. Didn't tell my mom that you're on the down low. Jim is the man taking dancing lessons weeks upon weeks. All the learning how to dance, overcoming his fear and his anxiety about that stuff. And then he comes home one night and he goes, "Hey, Liz." Let's go dancing. She's like, what the heck? And he's like, let's go dancing. Well, it turns out they could really dance. And in fact, I didn't know this until I was about 12. I was at a wedding with them. They started dancing, doing the jitterbug and all these like old timey dances. And they would clear the whole floor. Mm. Everybody would stop dancing to wide circle around them. Like, like in those dance battles that people do. But it was just them. Did they, I seen them do this at three different weddings. Like people just clear out to watch them go. Pretty awesome. So, so why couldn't you man up? Well, pff, my dad tried to get me to take dancing lessons. He, my dad took me to get dancing lessons. You know what happened? You actually went. I <gasps> went as a teenager. Oh, I went. Oh, oh, tell me the story. Tell okay, me the story. so I went. I went to dance. Everybody, just okay. If you don't like <laughs> the, so if you don't like the banter, go ahead and skip ahead. <laughs> I want to hear this right. one. I want to hear this one. So my dad's like, now I'm a pagan teenager, right? Mm-hmm. My dad's like, I'm gonna take you here in St. Charles, get you some dancing lessons. Mm-hmm. So what am I imagining my dance instructor is going to look like, Jimmy? Uh, a uh, it's the '80s. It's the '80s. Uh, she's going to have uh, tight pants. And- Kelly Kelly Brock. Yep. She's going to look like she's going to look like some '80s hot lady. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And and then of course I have all these '80s movies in my mind yep. about. Yep. Okay. So you thought as a, as a pagan child, oh, yeah. I'm going to go hook up. Well, with- I don't know about the hookup, but I'm at least going to get to learn how to dance from a really beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not. I'm gonna just be as honest as I can. Oh man, this is. It was a senior with a humpback. But she moved gracefully. She taught me '70s disco. She started with the point. You ever see uh, John Travolta? Yes, that, <laughs> you don't John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. After that one one night, I was like, Dad, I'm out. Yeah, no, <laughs> not could, doing it. You could do not it. Not doing it. Not doing it. You couldn't hustle. No. Listen, of course, anybody can learn how to do that. So if I've got rhythm, I just, I was like, I'm not doing it, Dad. So I, after that one, I'm like, no. Had to, she had to start you at the basics, seventy, and move your way. Up. I guarantee, Dad did not learn to dance from her. Okay, or if he did, it was like thirty years before. Anyways, the point <laughs> what, is, what was it? Pre hump, pre hump. It must have been. <laughs> Sweet lady, but uh, I was not about to do that. So um, all that to say, since you brought up my mom, no, no, no. There's no like, I'm not like sad from. It's just an emotional time i'm good stop bringing it up no, nobody cares nobody cares people are just gonna hate Wait, you for Duke. being mean to me jimmy <laughs> are, you, are you sniffling besides no i'm taking a breath oh the severe besides the severity of the curse of the law what is the fourth freedom uh you're we are free from this present evil world right how's Galatians, that how is that how is that still live in the evil world galatians 1 3 to 5 grace to you and peace from god our father and lord jesus christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. So how are we delivered from this present evil age if we're stuck here in this present evil age? Because we have a future hope mm-hmm. uh, for what – how do you want to word that? 
For the redemption of the world? For the redemption that is to come, The yeah. redemption that is to come, yeah. Justice is coming. Righteousness is yeah. coming. Peace is coming. I think that's really good. And it's something that a lot of us miss out on, Jimmy. A lot of people don't value looking forward. They're so focused on themselves and on the immediacy of things, they don't realize, like, listen, our redemption won't be complete experientially mm-hmm. until Christ returns with the resurrection happens. So, yes, that is the ultimate freedom that we have from this present evil world. But I think what we're talking about here and in the rest of these um freedoms is is how we see our freedom from this present evil world working itself out freedom from bondage to satan satan the dominion of sin and so forth so you're going to see if you're wondering like well i don't feel like i'm very free from yeah. this present evil world well, well you'll see in points five through ten that that freedom is something you taste of and experience now in part but it will come fully f- later yeah, yeah fully later definitely like for example the bondage to oh i don't know maybe satan oh Acts 26, 15 through 18. And I said, who are you, Lord? You guys know what this is? And the Lord said, here's Paul, right? Talking to Jesus. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That's what Jesus said to Paul. Paul, I'm, I'm setting you free, right? Uh, and, and part of your ministry now is to go to the Gentiles to preach the gospel so that that they would turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. There is a deliverance mm-hmm. from satanic power and influence in the gospel for every believer. Now, you know, what does that mean? Well, it means that Satan may seek to devour you. He may tempt you. He may try you. Um, but ultimately, he is a dog on a leash. He is subject to the will of God. He can only do what God allows him to do, and God will support you in your resistance to the devil, right? Resist the devil, and he will flee. flee. Yep. He will flee from you. This is not true of the person who is not redeemed in Christ. And I, I listen, some of you guys know, like I was involved in the occult and Satanism as a teenager, Right after that, my dad pr- tried to give me dance oh, that lessons. One that you? was the trigger. That, that's that was, what triggered yeah, you? Like, I'm going full Satanist now. <laughs> that was so awful. And so. I'm gonna go, yeah, uh, should you try teaching the Satanist shuffle? Yeah, thanks, dad, for getting me into Satanism. So. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I, I was converted and completely set free. And I had, I had all these. I had a number of Christians coming up to me throughout the early years of my conversion going, dude, have you been delivered? And I said, yeah, man, Jesus delivered me. I, I've received the gospel. I have the spirit. Been delivered. They're like, no, no, no. Like, you were a Satanist. Yeah. Have you been delivered? And I would say, well, yeah, right? And so I would point out Colossians, Acts, all these things. Like, yeah, been delivered from the domain of darkness. No, no, no. I mean, you need to go through a deliverance ministry. You need to have those demons taken out of you because they're still in there. And if you don't go through a deliverance, you know, you're just going to wind up to be the kind of person I kind of am right now. Maybe that, maybe they were right. The point is, is mm. that there, there is this terrible doctrine out there of of, of a lot of tr- Christians and churches that say that, well, bondage to Satan isn't something that Jesus grants to everyone who's been born again, but that it is a subsequent blessing that you have to seek. That's not what we see in Scripture. Yeah. We turn from Satan to the Lord by the divine empowerment of God, and that is our deliverance. Bondage to Satan, he's still around, he's still a danger, 
but we are no longer uh, enslaved to him. So that's that's the benefit. Number six, uh, the dominion of sin. And uh, we still struggle with sin, but we are freed from the dominion of sin. Romans 8, 3 to 4. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according mm. to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Boom. I mean, and you could even look at, at, at Romans 6, right? The whole ro- whole Romans 6 is about this, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, we're freed from the dominion of sin. And so we still have, there's still uh, the lingering effects, right? Mm-hmm. There's still that uh that uh self-centered selfish uh sinful nature of ours right um and that won't be completely gone right uh until uh well until we enter into the great hope that we have i don't know who said it first obviously but i've heard it a lot and i heard it early on in my christian life and it was really helpful to me that in jesus christ i heard a preacher say we have been delivered from the penalty of sin which we've already talked about and we've been delivered from the power of sin, which is what you're talking about right here. Mm-hmm. But we have not yet been freed from the presence of sin. Sin is still present. It is still active. I'm pretty sure you put that in your first uh, pamphlet. Eh, maybe. I think, I think that's a Joe Thornism. That's definitely not a Joe Thornism. It's either yours or Jared Wilson. I heard it. I heard it from somebody. Was it Jared Wilson? No, because Jared Wilson is younger than me. Jared, Jared Wilson. That's how, see. Look def- at look at how much God has used him. No, I'm Even pretty. In his I'm young pretty, age, he was impacting. It you. might have been like it was probably a radio preacher that I heard back in the early '90s. The point is, is that the dominion of sin. Lou this, Dobbs. Lou Dobbs is a Fox guy. What are you talking about? He's not a radio preacher. Wasn't he on the radio? Which one? Not a radio preacher, Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs, yeah, he's a Fox guy. Yeah, yeah. Now everybody now knows what you listen to, Jimmy. Everybody now knows you're a Fox News guy. No, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah. know who it is. Yeah, you just said Lou, Lou Dobbs. Dobbs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I've no. seen him once or twice. Yeah. Fox News business. <laughs> so the the dominion of sin. He had a show with uh, Sean Hannity. I wouldn't know. I don't. No, watch no. Fox yeah, News. they had a radio show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm making that up. I have no idea. Here, here's the thing about the dominion of sin. Because we feel its effects, sin, because we are frustrated by its pernicious nature, we sometimes think and will act like we are still under the dominion and the authority of sin. We will we'll act like, well, I can't do anything but, and we'll we have this defeatist attitude where we'll say things like, well, I can't, you know, I can't be perfect or holy, so I guess I'm just stuck being a slave to sin. You are not a slave to sin. Yeah. You have been set free. You can walk in the ways of God. You're not going to do so perfectly. You're going to stumble and fall, but you can do what is right by the power of God. So read Romans 6. Stop being crazy. Recognize like the grace that God has given you, and then walk in the Spirit. Go ahead, number seven. Number seven, the evil of afflictions. So Romans 8.28 says, and you guys know this verse, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose affliction remains a reality people get sick they are they die Mm -hmm. people are abused they suffer there is all manner of affliction in this world in fact uh we have the guarantee that we will suffer affliction as followers of christ it's not affliction that we're delivered from it is the evil of affliction because the evil intentions that anyone has for the people of god are overcome by the intentions of god it's like Joseph in Genesis 50, right? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Nice try, sucker. Well, that's what Joseph was saying yeah. in the Hebrew. So, in like, the Hebrew, in the Hebrew it says that. Nice, yeah. jo- nice try, sucker. Yeah, you learned that from Lagos. I learned that from Lagos, yeah, because I didn't pay attention in seminary when it came to Hebrew. <laughs> Greek was way better than Hebrew. Anyway, um, so this is it. Like, 
to actually believe and then to confess, I know that God causes all things to work together for my good, not because I am worthy, not because the universe is centered around me, but because God has a purpose for his people that is good. Mm. And so uh, the, e- the while there is affliction, the evil of affliction is taken away. And so uh, eight and nine, though, I'm going to put these together, Joe. Uh, we are freed from the fear and sting of death mm-hmm. as well as the victory of the grave, right? Yeah. First Corinthians uh, 15 says, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the, on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord jesus christ and so we don't have to be afraid of death we don't have to be afraid of 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 the penalty Mm -hmm. that comes with death right Right. and and being swallowed up by the grave we have this new life this hope that we have in christ the salvation that we have in him and that should give us this we should be having that sense of well we're going to get into what we're freed unto right but we are we are freed from this fear we are freed from this penalty right what makes death so painful right is the finality of it yeah. and then the judgment that follows it but for me like i know i'll see my mom again yeah. i know that jen will see her dad again like we're we god's people will be reunited and so that aspect of fear is taken away that aspect of the sting is gone now I, i've met a lot of christians who are very afraid of death and they're like, well, how come this isn't true for me? And my honest answer is that all of us have a faith that is in process, in development, incomplete, and imperfect. So there's there's uh, and other I words that you might want to think of. Um, so I have deficiencies in my faith that produce certain effects. If 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 you are af- desperately afraid of death, then then your faith here in this particular area is weak. And the only remedy for overcoming deficiencies in our faith is to seek the Lord through his word, to be instructed uh, in God's word by God's leaders and to seek to grow in those areas. I understand why some people are desperately afraid of, afraid of, of dying. I get it. Um, even as believers, I, I understand where that comes from. Uh, So what we need to do is, is to seek to, to really experience this particular freedom, this liberty that God has given us. Uh, but you're only going to find it as you press into the word through the means of grace and learn from those people that God has put around you. So I think that's, I think that's really big, Jimmy. And mm-hmm. part of, part of this is that 10th freedom, right? From everlasting damnation. Yeah. For example, in Matthew 25, 46, these will go away into eternal punishment, Jesus says, but the righteous into eternal life. And for those who are sensitive to that reality, that, that we are immortal beings. We're not eternal beings. God is eternal. We are immortal. We had a beginning, but we don't really have an end. We will live on. And some will live on forever in sin and in rebellion, in eternal punishment, while others will live on in faith and in righteousness unto eternal life. And so this is a a great freedom that we have because when we look ahead and do what's what awaits us in in the future, uh, we know that we have life and and not despair. Like th- this is why like Christian liberty is so important because Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection has purchased this for us. He's purchased Mm -hmm. us, but he's also acquired for us all of this liberty that we can delight in. Yep. And so one of the things uh, that we can delight in as well, Joe, is the Dwell listening app that everyone needs to go and check out right 
now. Now, this is more than just an audio Bible. With Dwell, you can also browse popular passages or curated playlists uh, that include select verses by theme. Now, here's the thing. I was the guy, I'm the guy, like, I just like to go through books of the Bible. Yep. I just like books of the Bible. Yep. But... Um, I have found myself using their their oh. like themes, like so. I'm obviously I'm in Luke, so I'm, I'm preaching through Luke, so I'm always spending obviously, a lot of time. Yeah. There. Obviously, obviously, obviously. but uh, but I've also like they did like Psalm 119, which was like, like okay, I can do Psalm 119 because that's a psalm. But now they've also got like various sayings of Jesus and whatnot, and it's really really cool. Plus, they got different voices. I know mm. you're with Team Felix. Team Felix, you like Team Felix. Um, I'm, I don't know who the guy's name is, but I'm with George, Roger. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, you're is, doing a really good job. I, I like that guy. So you pick the, they pick the voice, male, female. You can pick the music if you want music to be a music bed underneath what's being read. You can adjust the volume. You can access this stuff online or offline. Yep. Uh, it's a great app, and you can get a seven-day free trial mm. to check out all of it before you make the purchase so you know what you're getting into. I personally find this to be an incredible help to my walk with God. Genuinely true. Um, in fact, I saw the ad pop up in my Instagram feed before I knew anything about it. And I was like, I need to check that out. I need to check that out. And I finally, and it's it's hard because I, I have this stupid thing in me where like, like, oh, everybody's talking about how awesome that is. Nah, they probably won't like it. Yeah, we call that sin. That's is that what called that rebellion. Is? Well, yeah. then I checked it out and I was like, holy <laughs> smokes, this thing is awesome. And by the way. Oh, by the by way. The way. By the way. Somebody made a comment on Facebook. Oh, yes. This, are we going to talk well, about somebody made a comment. Oh, so I'm going to pay to listen to the Bible? I think I'll pass. And I was like, hey, bro, uh, do you get that calfskin leather-bound Bible for free? Mm-hmm. Do you get that study Bible for free? Listen, if you want a free Bible, you can get it. It's everywhere online. Any church will give you a free Bible. You can get a Bible for free anywhere. But if you want all the extras that people put into creating a resource for you that will help you spiritually, don't be a weirdo. Okay, you got to pay for that. You got to, because people, like, they put their time there. I mean, here we've got, like, musicians and readers and designers and coders, everybody putting in this. They they have to get paid for their work. And this is com- totally worth it, completely worth it. You're going to block that guy, aren't you? No, I, I know. I only blocked, like, one guy recently, and he cried about it. <laughs> so, you know what you do, though? Just go to your app browser, look up Dwell, or go to dwellapp.io. Get on this. You're going to like it. You, it's got the Jofo seal of approval. Bam. So, Joe, we've been talking about what uh, we have this freedom from. Right. And so. The bad stuff. The bad stuff. Now, what about, what, what are we freed unto? The good stuff. The good stuff. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the good fashion continues. The liberty with which. Wait, nope. The liberty, again, Jimmy. <laughs> the liberty which Christ has purchased for believers under the gospel consists also in their free access to God and their yielding obedience unto him. Not out of slavish fear, but a childlike love and willing mind. Mm. So we have freedom unto free access to God. Wait, we got access to God? Access to God. Free access. You don't got to pay for it. You got access to God for what? For free. Oh, no. That's a callback. All the new listeners are now like, what is that? Uh, you just we just lost the new listeners. All right listeners that. will know that that is and be reminded of how traumatic it was the first time you did that. <laughs> free access to God, Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yes, God is holy and dwells in unapproachable light, but in Jesus Christ, we have free access to God. We can actually draw near to him because he sits on a throne, but it is a throne of grace. He gladly receives his children. He gladly receives, just like a good father welcomes his children into his study when he's doing his thing, when he hears them running down the hall and they burst open the door, he opens his arms and he receives them into his lap and he rejoices with his kids who are there. Uh, At least that's what a a good father will do. I've never heard of you doing that. I've I've been hearing stories of the opposite. What are you talking about? I don't know. You know, like your kids run and you're busy and they come in. And I say, quiet. (laughs) Quiet. (laughs) Eli. Eli. Why could you just watch the kids? You have one job, Don't. Why? One job. Why are you provoking her, Eli? (laughs) Don't provoke your sister. Makes everything worse. (laughs) Madly quiet. (laughs) Yeah, I do apologize for that. That, that's the difference, though. That's the difference because the Heavenly Father is yep. not like me. No, he is You not. do not want me as your Heavenly Father. Yes. I would be uh, I would be a bad God. But you know what? There is something that you and Jesus have in common. He also wept. Mm, yeah. I have not wept yet. But, oh, oh, um, oh, just the tingling? Just the tingle. Get the just nose the tingle. tingle? Get the, the nose, nose tingle. tingle. So uh, you can draw near to God, right? Because that's who he is. He delights in his children. And you don't need to go through a priest. You don't need to go mm. through a ceremony. Yeah. You don't need to go through a sacrament. Now we have the gift of sacraments, yeah. right? The Lord's Supper and baptism, and that is those are means by which we draw near to Him. But we have free access to Him now because Christ has Christ has purchased it, and this is it. You were made to have fellowship with God. Adam and Eve threw it into ruin. Christ has restored it. Now you can go boldly but humbly into the presence of God. I love this. This is so great, and this is one of those things that I think a lot of people can resonate with who aren't in the church yet. People yeah. who, when you say like, listen, there is a God and we all kind of think we can just have access to him. But once you start to describe who God is and what he is like, I think they begin to realize like, man, I don't belong in the presence of God because I'm not like him. Yeah. Then you get to the gospel and you explain what Christ has done. And then they're like, yeah, I, whoa, I can actually have undeserved access to God, restored access to God. It's a beautiful thing. And it should produce within us great joy. Uh, secondly, we have, uh, this freedom unto yielding obedience to God. Mm. Romans 8, 15, for you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You know, the, the, because God is our father and we don't have this slavish fear anymore. Yeah. And you look at Romans six and you look at those passages that talk about, This this idea that, wow, you know what? You can walk in a manner worthy of your calling. You can do that. You've been set free. Because you've been set free from uh, bondage to Satan, from the dominion of sin, you can now walk in a way that honors the Lord. Not because your works are perfect, but because your works come from faith, so it pleases God. They are perfected by Jesus. They're done sincerely. And And God delights in those things. So you can be... A, a Christian who does what God commands you to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, the opposite end of, of, of this perspective among some neophyte Calvinists is like, well, I just can't, I, I can't do anything, but you can yield obedience. You can render obedience to God and he delights in it all. And then listen, there, there's this another section down here at the bottom where, uh, it says, uh, all of which these, these, these liberties, right, were also common to believers under the law for the substance of them. So in, under the old covenant, believers still had these freedoms. 
But under the New Testament, the liberty of Christians is further enlarged in their freedom from the, from the yoke of a ceremonial law to which the Jewish church was subjected and in greater boldness of access to the throne of grace and in fuller communications of the free spirit of God than believers under the law did ordinarily partake of. This gets into a whole conversation, but just to summarize, we want to say that a, a believer in God, the person who's been forgiven of their sins, justified like Abraham was, they had these freedoms in measure, but we have them in greater measure now. Mm. It's a whole deep conversation for later, but uh, maybe we can get into that. But Jimmy, as we're considering our Christian liberty, right, that, that Jesus purchased for us, what are some things that we ought to be thinking about as we take this with us into our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think, first, do we love our freedom? Right? Do we quite understand what it, what it is that we have here? Right? When we're talking about this freedom, a lot of times we focus, at least I focus, on what I'm freed from. Mm. But really, we're talking about here what we're freed unto. Yeah. Do we love the fact that we have this free access to our God? Right. Right. Do we love the fact that we can we uh, are called to be obedient to Him? And now, yes, we're not going to do it perfectly, but it's still received. Right, it's still received as a as a child of God, still received by faith as pleasing yeah. to Him. I mean, do you? I, I like that point, Jimmy. Do do we delight in obedience? Yeah. Because He accepts it, He rejoices in it. Yeah. Why would we not delight in it? And so, when we're considering, John MacArthur had a saying a long time ago: "If you think sin is fun, try holiness." And it's actually a really good quote, right? Because, and, and I, and I, I think he was, and that may not be an exact quote, but that's basically what he was saying. And, and what he was saying was, is like, yes, sin is immediately gratifying. Yeah. It's, it, it satisfies the flesh and the broken parts of us. That's why it's easy. But there is a joy and a delight and a spiritual eternal happiness that comes in doing what God calls you to do. And you guys know this. You know it. Like when you're doing what you're supposed to do, your countenance is lifted, you feel better. And that's not pride. That's not arrogance. That's not work salvation. When you're doing what you're created to do, what you're made to do, you feel better. You just do. And I think if you love your freedom, you'll take that seriously. And this is like another question is, is, do we take it for granted? Yeah. Right. So we have our freedom and a lot of, and we're going to get into this in the, in the next episode, next Monday's episode uh, on how we take it for granted um, that, that, that it is possible for people to, to say, Hey, thanks for the freedom, Jesus. And then not think about it much again to abuse their freedom, to misuse their freedom. That is very possible. And I think that we need to be mindful of how we interact with the freedom that God has given us. Like we, we talk about this a lot, Jimmy. If if we want to be serious about the freedom, if we want to take it seriously, um, if we're going to love our freedom, if we're, if we're not going to take it for granted, what is like the magic ingredient that helps us uh, rightly use our freedom? Well, it's pretty obvious what the magic ingredient would be. Thankfulness. Yes, it is. Well, obvious to some, yeah, not obvious know, to all. Yeah, all right, fair point. Some are wrong and some see the obviousness of it. So thankfulness, Jimmy, like why does that work? What, what is it about thankfulness that that curbs the abuse of freedom? Because I think when you realize, when you, you do have a thankfulness, then you have this tendency to be careful with mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Like if, I, when I, if I'm thankful for... Uh, like as a child, right? When a child is thankful for the gift that they've received, yeah. they're not just sitting there throwing it around. They're taking care of it. They're putting it away properly. They're making sure it's clean afterwards. The same like when you get a car, right? Like when you get a car, 
especially at the first bit, you're quite thankful. You're quite happy about it. And you make sure that you keep it clean. You don't eat in it. Don't smoke in it. This is how you know, like if 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 an employee is thankful for something yep. that they're given or a child, they are careful. I think that's really good. And Calvin argued that, um, you know, thankfulness uh, curbs us from misusing, abusing or neglecting the gifts that God gives us. I think that's a really good word. Thankfulness is key. You know what? Uh, Christian Liberty. That should be your jam. But we want to hear your thoughts. If you want to join the conversation, you can join us on Instagram or Twitter at Doc and Devo. Ooh, let's see if we can do this. Go you ahead. You can join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Doctrine and good job. Devotion. Keep going. You're doing good. Um, you can, uh, well, that, that's basically it. I think that's, uh, that's, that's, the, gist, that's the gist of it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Go ahead. No, they can, how could they? You know, I don't care. Sign up for the email blast. If they, if they want to sign up for the uh-huh. email blast and get all kinds of special yeah. goodies, there's a sign up page at the website. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. And when is Fresh Pod? Fresh Pod happens every Monday and Thursday. When and are the blog posts? Blog posts are Wednesdays. And who is the best person you know? Jimmy. Later. Later.